0: So number four is Dunkirk. The what Trickery. what island were they trying to get off of? I should have probably looked that up. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> uh
1: wait, where was this movie set?
0: Yeah. Where what's the location? The setting?
2: <laughs> All right, Lyndon. This next one I'm assuming is a friend of yours because um and my only baseline of that is that it has the word sir in it. So I just assumed you know every person. Oh yeah. I know every knight of the realm. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Sir Softy Wolf. His, his, his name is Sir Softy Wood
0: Yeah he's It's it's unfortunate for whoever he's with That's that's What for am sure. I supposed
2: to do with these <laughs> ET3 the extra testicle What am I supposed to do with that <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to Did you just put that in the notes for me to read I'm not Ron Burgundy I will not read everything on the teleprompter. Well so, you
1: did just read it You just just read it yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Lyndon this is the last time I trust you Blindly with the notes
0: this is down the hall podcast with your hosts
2: chet joe bear
0: it's black hawk down with aliens what's the problem
2: rodney hart
0: oh definitely would have been team chicken not the vampire you don't root for a vampire and if
2: you're lucky lyndon wells
1: i thought chet was going to launch into his terrible british accent again
0: beer
2: garden
1: (laughs) garden was pretty spot on pretty good no he definitely got that
2: Well, welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Chet. I'm here with Rodney, and Lyndon is not necessarily with us. He's across the pond where he belongs, and he said that there's snow there. What, for the first time in history?
1: Yes, let's say the first time in history.
2: Wow, what a an what amazing day this is. What an
1: event. Um, but yeah, we are Down the Hall Podcast. Each week,
2: we bring you a movie night pick of the week, because people waste an average of 115 hours Every year, just looking for a movie to watch, endlessly scrolling through Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those options, which are really good problems to have, to have that many options at your fingertips. But at the end of the day, sometimes we just get lost in it and end up watching reruns of the same old show. So that's where we come in. Um, and if again, if you're listening to us for the first time, this is a slight sidestep from what we typically do. Uh, tonight, we're going to be taking on the topic of this year's Oscars. Rodney's going to explain that in a second. Uh, but before we do that, I must give attention to a review we recently got. Guys, I don't know if I've shown you this yet, but we had a new review coming on the show. And, uh, you know, when we first started this show, it, Rodney and I had kind of committed to just figuring out for a year what it would look like. You know, so we didn't really share with family and friends much about the show, didn't promote it, just kind of worked hard and just did everything we could to see what it could become. So the bulk of our listenership, you know, that grew were people we had never met before in our lives. Now, I don't think either one of us expected it to grow to what it has and the different guests we've had and such, and kind of how the show's expanded. And so entering into year two, we, we started to introduce things to family and friends. And so this actually comes from one of my best friends in college. Uh, this is a guy who I've mentioned on the show before. His name's Randall and we call him Boise Randall. Uh, and he is uh, one is of his location. The, that's his location. it also happens to be his, his, his surname. Uh, but uh, anyway, so he, he has been listening to the show recently. And he wrote one of the most hilarious reviews of down the hall podcast. He says, here's the thing. Nobody has enough time in their day, let alone spare time to cram something else into it. If you're considering this podcast, you must cram it in, cut out your daily dump after coffee, Cut out the phone call with grandma wishing her happy birthday. Shoot, you could even cut out all the extra time you waste getting your clothes on in the morning and just go to work in the natural color that God gave you. Whatever you do, it's worth it. The content is relevant and entertaining. The hosts are witty and informative, as well as easily relatable and entertaining. If you aren't hooked in the first five minutes, you are deaf and sadly out of luck until they bring on a Braille translator. Keep up the good work, gents. I'm eagerly awaiting more.
0: Wow! How does a Braille translator work? You think
2: is that in our budget?
0: <laughs> I but Braille, a deaf. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that there. I don't think there's an audio medium for Braille. No,
2: uh, not that I'm aware
0: of. Vibrations. I'm just. I'm just. Trying, I'm just speculating.
2: Well, Roddy, why don't you tell us what we're doing tonight?
0: Uh, so tonight we are uh, taking a look at all at the nine movies that were nominated for Best Picture, uh, we have combined our rankings, um, and we're going to present that as a, um, as a list, and so talk about each of those movies. And then what we're also going to do is um, hit a topic, which was, of the movies that did not get nominated for Best Picture, which one would you choose?
2: I must interject, too, because we, uh, you know, there were nine Best Picture nominations. Mm-hmm. We're doing a top 10 list. Correct. So we cheated, and we said, what's our collective, like, absolute favorite that probably belongs anyway? And then beyond that, we're going to address a topic of other ones that belong, too. So Agreed. we inserted a 10th, but it's also a heavily decorated film already, so it's not too much of a stretch to think that it could be a Best Picture nomination. I think it was in discussion anyway. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, let us get into the list. <laughs> Well, I don't know how you
1: get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And where we go. So, starting our list off at number ten is the film The Post. The Times has seven thousand pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for thirty years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Okay,
2: people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper. That she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices thank you arthur for your frankness
1: now this is a film that feels like it's purely designed for the oscars directed by uh spielberg starring the oscar greats tom hanks and meryl streep uh it follows the the true story of the first female publisher of a major newspaper who takes on the government who uh really covered up the the depth of the deceptions about the futility of the vietnam war so why is it so low on our list? It's it's not a bad film. It's a solid bit of filmmaking, but it's just a bit unremarkable. And I'm not really sure it's worthy of the nomination. And I know you haven't seen it, but do you have any desire to see this film?
2: Well, initially I did. I mean, I think when the trailer hit, it was like, oh, Spielberg. Meryl Streep, Hanks. It was like that, like even when the trailer hit, I think everyone thought this is going to be a best picture nomination. And I think that the nomination might come from the trailer alone because there was a lot of like excitement around it. Yeah. And I don't know that it sounds like it didn't really come through.
0: That's what I was going to ask you, Lyndon is that as the, the film critic that you are and you've seen (laughs) many, many movies, is this truly like the best example of a reputational award? Cause I can't really speak to it, but that's what it feels like. It felt like a, a pretty epic trailer, but from everything I've heard from anyone who's seen the post, they say it really was not that great of a
1: movie. Uh, yeah, it is really a reputation nomination. I think the best comparison is from two years ago, Spotlight, uh, which is a very similar co- type of film. It's about uncovering a big, a journalist making a a big discovery, and, um, uncovering like kind of some hidden truths. And Spotlight is such a better film. Keeps you gripped and there's like some tension. There's no thrill or tension within the post.
2: Now, if it was starring like Renee Zellweger and Russell Crowe <laughs> instead of Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, are we talking about it tonight?
1: I don't think we are.
0: I feel like that's damning for the Oscars. I genuinely <laughs> do. I mean, it's, I guess that's life. but It's, it's damning on uh,
1: Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. But I don't know. I I, I get it. But at the same time. Part of me bothers me that things like that creep into it.
2: So it's number 10 for a reason, man. We agree.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, next one.
1: Number nine is a film called Call Me By Your Name. So what do you do around here? Read books,
2: transcribe music, swim at the river, go out at night. Sounds fun. All right, later.
1: Uh, Now, this is a a beautiful film. The cinematography is amazing. It's set in 1980s Italy. It depicts a... um, a blossoming blossoming romance really between a 17 year old boy and an older man who's uh, hired to work with his father it's a really lovely like very romantic film that kind of meanders along at a very very slow pace but it does look exquisite when it does it it's also it's army hammer um uh, starring in it who's very good uh, and he is a, a proper old-fashioned film star, and also stars Timothy Chalamet, who also appears in one of the other no, not uh, nominations as well. All
2: right, so weirdly, weirdly, okay. So typically, I do every, everything I can to see all the best picture nominations. It's now two in a row that I hadn't seen. The only two from the list that I have not seen. Can you give me a really like a good comparison, or the listeners a good comparison to other films that might be like?
1: It's like a more arty, less accessible *Brokeback Mountain*. Okay. Yeah,
0: that, that feels. I mean, not just for content matter. I, I guess that I can see that because it does feel like a really, like you know, dialogue, but probably like you know, intense emotional, uh, intense emotional film, um, just by nature yeah. of what it is.
1: And there is a lot of not much happening.
0: Yeah, but also, again, I'll say it. Army Hammer sounds exactly like John Hamm. <laughs> I every time I see the trailer <laughs> and every time I hear him speak, I am like, that's that's John Hamm, or John Hamm is Army Hammer. One of the two.
2: Like there is something we have to talk about, which is there is something about the the Oscars or anything similar to it where I almost wonder if the people deciding don't want to be the ones in the room to admit that maybe a movie wasn't all that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back yeah. to the post, for instance, mm-hmm. and within that, like I wonder if they were to privately create their own nine lit list of nine of just like the most enjoyable films of the year, ones they thought were really good. Mm-hmm. How how closely representative this list would be right and i'm just curious i'm just so this is one you know two in a row that feel heavier more serious subject matter which there's a place for that it's just interesting that there's not enough or a lot of diversity in genre necessarily within within a list like this
1: i think we've discussed it before like oscar has has to feel like has to nominate more worthy heavyweight films but i think with social media and um what the um what they vote for is slowly changing because Jennifer Lawrence, I think made a comment about our next one on the list. All right. So number eight, the next one is the phantom threat.
0: You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. When I was a boy, I started to hide things in the linings of the garments, things that only I knew were there.
2: (laughs) Secrets, Funny. actually it's just called phantom thread it's not the facebook just facebook uh phantom thread which uh, i actually did like a like lot you're edit-
0: editing <laughs> yourself there someone has to <laughs>
2: and i mean daniel day lewis alone is always something that he, he he his performances intrigue me like i could watch him really in any movie
1: right and if be- you apply the the post equation if daniel lewis isn't in it does it get nominated no definitely not
0: I was going to say that's, a, that's another one, but I figured I had already used, uh, bullets but, in my gun for the other one. So. <laughs>
2: no, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. But I also think that the story I found to be really, really good. I mean, genuinely, I know Lyndon, you felt like it was a little slow. I thought that the lead, uh, actress was, was incredible. Like that's a tough role opposite Daniel Day Lewis. I thought she was, I mean, maybe as maybe more compelling than he was. It's about like a, a seamstress in, what is it, 1950s England? Yeah. Um, who is obsessive about his work. And Daniel Day-Lewis plays that very obsessive role extremely well. Uh, meticulous even. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's very highly reputable, um, but like maniacal. And he uh, kind of cycles through uh, women in his life who also double as his main model uh, for, for his dresses that he makes. Um, and so the, the relationship that he develops with this woman played by Vicki crepes, I believe her last name is she, they together, I think make quite a pair and she kind of throws it right back at him when most people won't they're intimidated by him or just immediately get cast out. Uh, and what is sort of a slow moving peaceful film somehow always feels really tense. And I think that's what I liked about it.
1: Jennifer Lawrence being an Oscar winner is an Oscar voter as well said she made it 3 minutes through the film and was quite happy to say that on social media which has got a bit of a backlash but I think at least it's a bit of honesty from maybe an Oscar voter yeah that's that's pretty bold yeah I did find this film a struggle to sit through yeah
2: well that's probably why it's 8 and not mm-hmm. 3 right so yeah. what's the next
1: one uh next we have uh, the another wartime movie uh, Darkest Hour. The Germans have encircled 60 British and French divisions.
2: We are looking at the collapse of Western Europe within the next few days.
1: How long have they got if we don't rescue them?
2: Maybe two days. We would need a miracle to
1: get our men out. You have the full weight of the world on your shoulders. We are facing certain defeat on land. The annihilation of our army and imminent invasion. We must negotiate these talks. When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. So, again, fitting with a the theme, this is another film anchored by an amazing central performance. This time, Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. And the central performance is probably better than the film itself. This is a film about the other side of Dunkirk. So it's all the yeah, it's like the, the prequel. Polit-
2: it's like the prequel to Dunkirk
1: yeah it's almost it's going on at the same time so this is a film about a lot of men talking in sitting in rooms talking about what's going on in the war and whether they should negotiate with uh, Hitler or, or fight on and it, it is a, quite a dramatic film uh, I think that it's, it's quite tense in places and there's a lot of political drama to it it is ruined by one ludicrous scene on the underground which uh, makes no for our historical listeners, sense. The
2: underground, I think, means the subway. But, mm, you know, yeah. what do I know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, again, I think Gary Oldman will win Best Actor. I think he's, he's a bit of the the Leo effect. He's probably winning it because it's overdue. And it's they've realised they've realized they haven't given him one yet. So it's probably his time to win, despite it probably not being his best film. And I think the this film is, again, nominated more for its central performance than the film itself
2: so i saw this the same day that i saw phantom Thread, and i'll say yeah. just go watch dunkirk you're fine in, <laughs> in the first few minutes of dunkirk that give you all the backstory you need you don't need yeah. to watch darkest hour i mean granted gary oldman's not in dunkirk but you know what can i say tom, tom hardy is so go watch dunkirk
0: <laughs> i agree with that all right, so for the next one, let's bring a little bit of lightness, I guess, to to all of the nominations. I have Lady Bird, uh, starring Saoirse Ronan. Lady
1: Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I
2: gave it to myself. It's given to me by me.
0: Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. Amazing from my perspective. I feel like this this movie is about a, um, she's like a high school senior, and it's really, you know about her applying to college but also just you know her senior year and kind of dealing with you know struggles with her own family and and um kind of friendships and everything so it's it's kind of a coming of age movie that there's not like a super you know uh, story arc or anything like that. Yeah. That there's the not, like a, not like like something.
2: A, yeah. There's no resolution. Yeah. It's right. It's just sort of this open look into this person's life in a coming of age moment. Exactly.
0: You know? yeah. it, and it explores a lot of different kind of family situations and friend situations and relationship uh, situations, but it's a movie that does a perfect job. So talk about a movie that can do weighty without always making you feel like it's the heaviest thing in the world. Um, this is a movie that does that incredibly well. Um, So, again, I think we we all probably understand that movies that are heavier, you know, probably get a little bit more consideration because of the gravity that they contain. But I think what I really love about this nomination is it has all of that, but also
1: has a a great sense of humor about it. Yeah, the sense of humor is great. There's um, my favorite scene in the film is where the football coach is suddenly made in charge of the, the drama club. Oh, and he's trying to direct the, best, the drama yeah. club like a playbook yeah uh, it's, it is brilliant scene and the, the, the film has some great performances from Sir Ronan and Laurie Metcalf as the mum but I, it's, it's a very good film I enjoyed it a lot but it there's it's a very well tro- trodden path the coming of age film and I think I prefer Edge of Seventeen mm. yeah
2: if, if we're comparing coming, coming of age I, I agree because I, it I felt like, um, I felt like edge of 17 was an overlooked movie from last year, I, right? Yeah. Yeah. we I, agreed on that. Yeah.
0: No, and, uh, it's funny that you say, that cause I was actually legitimately today thinking about that movie for no other reason other than thinking like, that's really a great movie. It is. And, and, and you know, if you yeah. haven't seen it, go out and watch
2: it. It's incredible. Uh, also go back and listen to our episode where we interviewed Hayden Zito, but shameless plug there. Uh, but I think that the difference is between those two is lady bird feels a little, um, uh, dull in moments. Like I I oh, do yeah. like Ladybird. I think it's I think it's really funny, really good. Uh good cast. I felt like Edge of 17 felt livelier. I yeah. and not that Ladybird has to be compared. Yeah. But inevitably we start to think about other movies we've seen right. like it and you know, recently that was one that came out and I felt like more lively, more bubbly, yeah. like funnier as well.
0: Yeah, I think an interesting. I think the it's an interesting contrast to draw between the two because I do think I think that it's certainly livelier, probably a little bit more funny with maybe a little bit less emotional or less drama in it, you know, cause I, yeah, I think there is sure. some, but probably it's a more couched in comedy. I, I think if we were going to probably take a case study of like, huh, what makes a best picture nominee versus not I feel like we could look at these two and say, perfect you know, example. It, yeah. you know, edge of 17 doesn't get it because it's not heavy enough. It's not, you know, doesn't hit on a hard enough topic where you know ladybird kind of does you know yeah.
2: i mean i don't know i'd question go back to that movie there's some heavy stuff there but i get it like the feel is totally different exactly. and i agree yeah, with you yeah, yeah. um linden I'll, I'll give you props though for saying the football coach and not saying the american football
1: coach well it was in cons uh, yeah it was an accident sorry i did he, that. he's so <laughs> disappointed now in himself It's in relation to the film. So, Uh, Changing subject quickly. I think it is worth mentioning that uh, Greta Gerwig, the director of Lady Bird, has been nominated for Best Director, which is great. She's only the fifth woman ever to be nominated for Best Director. So that's worth a mention. Very cool. Very cool.
2: Um, Okay, so to recap 10 through 6. uh, Number 10, we said, was The Post. Uh, Nine was Call Me By Your Name. Eight was Phantom Thread. Seven was Dunkirk Prequel darkest hour uh and six was ladybird so now as we get into the top five um one of these was not actually nominated for best picture and we'll get to that when it when it happens but uh these to me i feel way better about
1: these five than, than the i was previous. about to say the bottom five i think ladybird was maybe the only one all three of us enjoyed mm, that's uh, really positive about
0: yeah while also saying uh, some of the bottom five, I did not see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that. But yeah,
1: everyone, everyone, knew that. Project.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't lie. I don't lie.
1: <laughs> All right,
2: so number five, uh, one we've discussed recently—that's *Shape of Water*. If
1: I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say?
2: She's deaf.
0: Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the
2: most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. Right, and this is one that we, um, down the hall, has an interesting connection to now, having interviewed the, the co-writer, co-author of the novel with Guillermo del Toro, that's Daniel Krauss. And after interviewing him, I think that I was more intrigued by the story. I did I feel like I liked it, the film, more than uh, you guys did. Um, and so I'll own that in the sense that, you know, maybe I'm missing something there. But I, I liked it a lot. And then when we interviewed Daniel Krauss, I thought, this is a really interesting story that, be, you know, how it became a story, mm-hmm. right? And um, so I'm happy to see it where it is. It has, what, 14 nominations, including Best Picture? So um, really interesting movie. I thought – after seeing it, that it probably had crept up into what I thought would be like the favorite to win. Right. I don't know that I still think that, but um, is
0: it not? I feel like it's still maybe is it not we'll, the favorite. There's yeah. one
2: more we're going to get to that I think might be okay. Um, but yeah. Shape of Water, I think, is in the top ten of movies I saw this year, so I'm I'm happy it got the nomination. I don't think it'll win, but uh, definitely an interesting one to watch. Yeah.
0: I mean, so this is like the story of a woman who falls in love with. I mean, for I'm not making fun of the like the creature of the Black Lagoon character, right? I found that this movie, for me, dragged on. You know, like uh, there are elements of it, and I and I will say, you know, I probably couldn't fully grasp their romance, which probably affects, you know, affects it. But I think for me, there were the best parts of this movie were the side characters and not the primary story.
1: I, I agree I think Richard Jenkins almost steals this film as yeah. as the neighbor. I I I did find it dragged on as well. Mm. I love the the film looks amazing. Um and the design of the creature is is great. The music is great. Uh, Sally Hawkins the main character is mute so the way she communicates with w- with the creature is is, is beautiful, really, the way it's done? But the film does drag on. And once I saw the film, I tried to watch it again because it's getting all the hype. But then someone described it to me as um, uh, the film's basically Free Willy if the boy slept with the whale, and then I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get that out of my head. It it, it does affect it. I'm it's not a gonna... fair
2: take. Yeah. Right, right when you said that, I think as soon as you said that to me last week, it's changed how I viewed this movie. It really <laughs> has. I,
0: <laughs> yeah. I I mean, again, I like I'll, I'll admit that as a bias. I think like there is a. <laughs> There's just a part of me that was like, I don't know that I'm on board with like they're like believing this this romance and, and how it came about. But I will also say I thought Michael Shannon as, you know, played oh, an incredible villain so in good. the movie. So
1: um, yeah. Michael Shannon was he's very good and I think he's great in everything he does. But I found his character be very generic villain, man.
0: Hmm. I thought he was, I thought, I thought between
1: Michael thought Shannon and Richard like,
0: Jenkins, sadistic. like, yeah, those were this, those were the people I wanted to see more yeah. of. And then every time that the movie went back to, um, you know, kind of the, the, the love story, yeah. I just felt like, all right, let's go like, move it along. I like, hear you.
1: I, I think so it's worth saying what Guillermo de Toro does visually is amazing. Mm-hmm. but I still don't think he's topped Pan's Labyrinth. And I think if someone, if people enjoyed this, they, they will be blown away by Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Yeah. Really great take. And also, I know I said it. Is it Black Lagoon or Blue Lagoon? Black, Black. Lagoon. Okay. Okay. Blue sounds
2: Lagoon sounds like the uh, some sort of uh, you know cologne you might wear. Mm. Blue Lagoon.
0: <laughs> I, I would try it. Uh, okay. What's number four? So number four is Dunkirk.
1: The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a
0: barrel? So, speaking of the darkest hour, this. Oh, the sequel to the darkest hour. The, the sequel. Yeah. We had actually a movie and its sequel all in, uh, all in one. Um, so this is the story of, uh, the trap troops who are trying to get off, um. Alliteration
2: but, uh, there. The trap troops the tra- who are trying to get off. The trap tra- troops trying to <laughs> travail. traverse. The
0: triumph. The. What, what island were they trying to get off of? I should have probably looked that up. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, and so. Anyway, it's it's basically... Wait, where was this movie set? Yeah. where? What's the location? <laughs> the setting? Um, no, but uh, this movie is um, uh, another Christopher Nolan film that I think is, I don't know, just he has a way of making movies. So I, I know that we've talked about maybe undue credit in certain cases or the, the Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, should they or should they not. I, every time I watch a Christopher Nolan movie, I feel like there's something distinctive about it. And I think this movie between the camera shots the 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 sound effects and just like it's very visceral you just have so many scenes in this one that make it a really really powerful movie and they also he also does kind of a really interesting film trick where he's kind of showing like different series of times like uh, there's different scenes happening that are on different um different time frames which make it a really intriguing watch too, is you're, you're kind of piecing these stories that start to weave together. Um, So for me, this is a war film that, you know, and we've actually done a top 10 war film. This would be way up there. Cause I think that there oh, yeah. is the opportunity for a war film to, to kind of feel like the same. And this oh, yeah. one to me is, is definitely distinctly and emotionally different.
2: Oh, for sure. I, you know, I think going back to your point about Nolan, he, in my mind, and I think maybe collectively, we'd agree that i don't i don't need to know much about his films to know i'm just going to watch them i'm just going to watch them yeah, when i heard that agree, he was yeah. doing like a world war II thriller like yep i'm um, you know i'm in i didn't need to know anything else i think the trailer gave away very little i remember going back to when that first came out and there were some scenes in this movie that were as intense as... Uh, and um, you know, like you said, visceral is any I saw this year. I think of the the trapped sailors in, in the boat, right? And um oh, yeah. You know, all that to say, the one downfall is that because he spends time on multiple storylines intertwining at one moment, uh there's not a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. So you don't really feel connected to any one maybe Tom Hardy the most, but you don't feel connected to any one character. And I think that was one of the complaints. But this was so good. It was such a good film. Go out and see it. The music, um, like the the ticker, the timer that he was using every time, you know, they're showing Tom Hardy, Hardy's character, just added to the tension. Uh, yeah, fantastic. And Lyndon, this this has to be, this has to be, uh, like Rodney said, one of the better, you know, war films, and probably would have been added to our oh. list had it come out in time.
1: Oh, easy. our list had Fury on it, so this goes right Damn. up there. <laughs> that felt like so a no, direct I, shot. I, I, chat. You- I don't know.
2: So. Well, hold on. It's, 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 you would the troops on dunkirk would have loved if brad pitt and the fury crew came rolling up over that hill to save them so thank you we'll, we'll move on Lyndon. carry on what were you gonna say
1: uh, um yeah it is a it's, a it's a fantastic film i'm exactly the same nolan's my favorite director i'll see if as long as i know his name's attached i'm gonna watch it um he has an obsession with time that he in uh, like weaves into all of his plots and i uh, For me, the first time round, I did struggle with the lack of character development, but I think that's intentional because it wants it to be a more visceral experience to feel that ticking clock and feel like you're on the beach with the troops, which at at times you do. I think this is a really, I think this would be right up there in our War Films list. It's a really, really unique take, like you said, and I think it's surprising it hasn't featured higher on this list. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Alright, so let's get to our top three then. So Rodney, what's three?
1: Alright, so number three we have
0: get out. Do you
2: smoke in front of my daughter?
1: I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good actually.
0: Are you ready for this?
1: I'm back in the B. So look, I go do my research. Apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this
2: suburb,
0: but it's
1: cool. Bro, how you're not scared of this, man?
0: It was a movie with a ton of hype uh Jordan Peele's first movie and it was fantastic. Basically, in a nutshell, it's the story of um you know, a mixed-race couple and she's bringing her boyfriend, her African-American boyfriend home for the weekend and he's trying to tell her like hey, like he's kind of a little bit uncomfortable with the whole idea and she's trying to insist like no, it'll be fine. Like they're fine. And um it's anything but fine. <laughs> But it's definitely not fine. What happens next? It's a horror thriller mystery comedy movie. It's it it does a lot of different genres. So, again, speaking of, you know, I don't know if I don't think anyone would maybe call it a favorite, but I think that it was a movie that got immediate hype. And after watching it, remember watching it in the theaters, there's a lot of reasons to, to go out and see this. And there's a lot of reasons for it to get a lot of
1: credit. The director, Jordan Peele, describes it as a social thriller. But it has – it borrows a lot from the horror genre, a lot from the horror comedy genre, which are two genres very difficult to get right. Mm-hmm. And to be nominated for Best Picture with those genres is almost unheard of. Yeah. So that, I think mm-hmm. that's how impressive this film is. Now, do you think that it is
2: hurt by the timing of the year? Meaning, like, I do think – and this is a known – you know, a lot of Best Picture nominations are, are released – the movies themselves are released to the public like towards the back half of the year. I feel like it's like almost like a recency bias thing. Mm-hmm. So this was the one that came out, what, January, February, I think maybe spring at the latest.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it feels a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Um, same with Dunkirk. Same Dunkirk with, came out yeah, in the summer, summertime. Didn't
2: sure. Certainly. Yeah. And yeah. I guess there has to be some, I mean, it's no coincidence that a lot every year, the, a lot of the Oscar nominations get get released late yeah. to the year. I mean, there's some intentionality there, right? So, do you think? Do you guys think that it is? Like, what if it came out last? You know, what if it came out Christmas time? You know, would we? Would it be? Would it have a better chance of winning? Is yeah. all I'm asking.
1: I think it's more impressive that it's got nominated given the time of year it came out. Just right. Despite how much I want it to, I don't think it's going to win.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And Chad, I would say probably yes i i think at the end of the day everything that we've already talked about it's humans that vote on these things so i think things like that have the ability to to impact it like how much you remember if it like came you know burst onto the scene with all kinds of hype right in the mad you know kind of mad dash towards the end that maybe there's a chance that people go like oh maybe that's the winner mm-hmm. um and you don't yeah. have as long to think about it and say like oh yeah that was a really good movie you know but you kind of talk yourself down um So I'm sure maybe there are some examples, I can't think of them, that maybe benefit from getting enough talk, like, you know, having a whole long time to talk about it. And people say, like, oh, you've got to go see that. But then I definitely think there are movies that probably get hurt by the same thing. Because, again, it's not computers voting on these things. Yeah, right, right.
2: All right, so number two is it can't be number one, despite the fact that I think the three of us maybe enjoyed this movie more than any this year it can't be number one because it wasn't actually nominated for best picture so we'd be cheating we'd totally be cheating Uh, but it was discussed as a best picture nomination and it didn't get it but it did get a lot of other nominations around it and that would be I Tanya
0: the haters always say Tanya tell the truth there's no such thing as truth everyone has their own truth
2: which again if you're a regular listener of the show you've heard us talk about it a lot you know we got to interview Paul Walter Hauser who was one of the main characters there um i loved this movie this was a 9 out of 10 for me this is one that i've recommended to everyone i know mm-hmm. uh it's the you know the, the the biopic comedy drama action almost felt like a heist movie uh story of you know, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan and everything around that in the 19, was it 92, 94 Olympics? Mm-hmm. Um, man, what a, what an amazingly done story. When I heard about it, I thought this would, I don't really care to see this. And then Rodney, you dragged me out to see it. Mm-hmm. And man, like from the opening scene, I was hooked. I didn't want it to end. And I thought they were extremely creative in how they told the story. I I, I can't believe that it didn't get nominated, um, but it is our our collective number two. It's our collective yeah. answer to the best movie we saw this year that did not get nominated, mm-hmm. but it deserves all the other nominations it received.
1: Oh, this this is criminal. This film wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I think out of the our, our list of 10, this is the one that's uh, easiest to recommend. You just need. You don't need to put any caveats with it. You don't need to say, "Oh, if you enjoyed this, you might enjoy it." Mm-hmm. Just you will enjoy this film. It's so easy to recommend. And the, the way it uses the breaking the fourth wall and the talking to the uh, to the screen and the bit where they're acting out what the husband's describing, and Margot Robbie looks at the camera and says, "This never happened." Right. It's got lovely comic touches throughout, but it's really it is like you said, like a heist thriller towards the end as well. It's a really well made, great film. Yeah,
0: I don't have too many different things to say. I feel like you guys both said it really well, but the only other thing I'll add is that I also recommend it to everyone because you know, there there are movies where people will say like, "Wow, this is like, you know, an incredibly done movie," and then I'll kind of think to myself, "I guess so, you know, but it didn't feel that different. This one does all sorts of things that movies don't usually do, but it never feels wrong. It always feels like it just funny and great. And because of that, I just think I give it all the credit in the world just because it, it blew me away the whole time I was watching it, like in the edge of your seat kind of way, because they're just doing things that movies don't do, but it never feels like inappropriate in any way, you know, it just makes you enjoy the movie more. So I think it was an incredibly well-made movie. All right. So like we said, that was our collective uh
2: favorite for the year. But it was not nominated. So our collective favorite of
1: those that were, Lyndon, you have that. So number one is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri.
0: So Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the
1: hell is this? Dixon, I'm in the middle of my Easter dinner. Target. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. Beating on a good. Time. I'd do anything to catch your daughter's killer. I don't think those billboards is very fair. I think this is the the front runner for to win on the night. I agree. This is uh, I agree. Martin McDonagh's uh, uh, third film, easily is best. It follows Frances McDormand, who goes on a, a public mission's call to attention her daughter's lingering unsolved murder by hiring these these three billboards on a fairly unused road and I think part of the reason it's going to ring is the social impact it's had because mm-hmm. these this billboard is now being used uh, in a number of cases and you see it on the news and the people trying to bring attention to certain uh, issues I think McDormand in it is amazing she's got a warrior-like approach with a bandana and overalls but she's a she's a flawed character the supporting cast uh, Chief Willoughby played by Woody Harrelson is great The 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 film finds empathy in all of its characters and you get some really unexpected developments and arcs, especially in Sam Rockwell's character who uh, he was amazing. And I really think he, I I think he will win best supporting actor as well. And I I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's just the whole arc and the way it was written was good. And it's worth mentioning as well. It has some really very darkly comic, but really laugh out loud comic moments as well. And I think it's tough to find a film more deserving of the Best Picture Oscar. It's uh, beautifully shot, gripping, and it's it's a it's a character study of grief and vengeance, and the the, the immersive performance that managed to find the um, the funny and brutal response, brutal response to kind of this uh, brutal pri- brutal primal pain of uh, losing a, a child. It's a ten out of ten film for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know what I think too is. Um, uh, I think, I, I think I saw it and told you both that I really, really liked it. I felt like it was a leading, you know, became the leading one in my mind to win. Uh, but I think that it, one thing it does do is every person's reaction. Um, it's kind of this chain reaction movie, like hurt people, hurting people. Um, and every reaction seems very, uh, dr- dramatic, almost unrealistic, almost cartoonish at points. Like some of the things that the people will say or do seem a little bit outlandish in moments like very yeah. extreme but the way it's done it, it feels consistent with itself feels mm-hmm. like everyone in this town is reacting and responding uh, in very extreme ways towards one another as this story develops and like you said Lyndon Sam Rockwell's character is uh, one of the more memorable ones certainly from the year and I do agree I think he's gonna win um, best supporting actor I think did he not win at the Golden Globes I think he did yeah um, and I do think this will win best picture that's my that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, I think you know if <laughs> I've been talking, I've been harping a lot about inconsistency or whatever through, throughout the process. I think if I were to say that there's no movie I enjoyed more than *Titania*, I would still probably, if pressed, say this deserves Best Picture more so than than I, Tanya, because I think there is more gravity to this, and I think there is just more. I don't know. I just think I, I think what gets covered and all the various characters that get built into this. I, I think it's an unbelievable movie. I, I think I was shocked, even though I had heard and known that it had won a bunch of awards, I kind of went, you know, like during a matinee showing of it and was left really blown away, you know, just with how, how good it is. Um, and I don't know that I, I think the, uh, Lyndon, uh, you said it that Francis McDormand's character, she's very flawed, but, you still find yourself sitting there, like kind of rooting for, her, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, it's not like she's this perfect protagonist in any way whatsoever. You know, she reacts in ways that you're like, what, why are you doing that? You know, and Woody Harrelson's character also, um, more and more and more, I find that I love Woody Harrelson. Um, yeah. from Edge of 17, as we've talked about, to his portrayal in this movie, I mean, is, is kind of like heartwarming and wrenching at the same time. Um, you know, cause he feels like he's the only one in the town with any sort of measure. All right, guys. Well, let's recap, uh, 10 through one. Now, granted, we're
2: about to get into a discussion of best, best films of the year that did not get nominated. That's where we had the listeners chime in, but 10 through one, uh, according to down the hall podcast, uh, was the post at number 10, call me by your name, phantom thread, darkest hour, ladybird. Number five was shape of water, four was Dunkirk followed by get out. Then our own choice at number two was I, Tonya. And like we just said, three billboards as it's become known, uh, was number one. So, um, you know, very strong, uh, last few there, I think certainly, but, Let's move into the topic of the night. I will say, if you are a new listener to the show, we do all of our topics through Twitter, where you can follow us on uh, at down the hall guys or on Facebook, where you can find the show down the hall. Uh, we post our questions each week. We read listener answers if they're good. Um, you know, in each episode, uh, and of course, one other aspect to what we do is you can go to our website down the hall podcast.com. You can scroll down to the bottom of that site. You can recommend for us. What you think is a movie worth movie night for people? That's going to help them save time searching for movies. We will watch that movie. We'll determine if it's worth an episode. We've done a number of those. Um, so anyway, guys, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get right into the listener answers, and we'll circle back to what we think. Um, so the listener answers to the question of what were the best films of the year that did not get nominated for best
0: picture? Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it?
2: I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, so this first one comes from will will walker he says it which i think uh when we saw rodney i thought that was that felt similar to get out like a like a yeah. horror
0: comedy in a way uh, right yeah yeah i really enjoyed that that was really well done yeah i feel like the best picture nominees they're not going to do two horror movies so mm-hmm. you know i feel like it, yeah. it probably struggled <laughs> competing with with uh, get out certainly yeah. uh Alyssa wilson um she says thor
2: ragnarok which great shout uh, love yeah. that film that was fantastic a lot of fun all right, next one, uh, Ryan W. says Blade Runner. That's Ryan literally W, not W. I'm not nicknaming him. His yeah. last name is W. He says Blade Runner 2049, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, mostly because I never saw the original. I felt oh. like I'd be jumping the gun.
1: It's it's, a, it's it's an amazing film, but not for everyone.
2: Colleen from Chicago uh, says Baby Driver, which Great I choice. think we'll get back to. Uh, one of the podcasts that we're connected to uh, it's called We Watched a Film Podcast they said the Florida Project which I thought for sure would be nominated just because of its heaviness and because of I thought Willem Dafoe was incredible I thought the child actor and that was incredible uh, a lot of you know a lot of Oscar attention around that film so I'm surprised to not see it um, John Pebbles Payne says Paddington 2 John Pebbles
0: Payne where are these there like <laughs> that's his, I think that's his, like, or... his pen name that's his pen name <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that John Pebbles Payne likes Paddington. This yeah, feel like, he just likes
1: alliteration. Yeah, it doesn't feel consistent. That's oh, a great film, though. Is this next guy
2: uh, John Pebbles Payne's brother, Richie Richie Sacco Payne?
1: That is his brother. Yeah.
2: What's patty cakes? He picked patty cakes. What is that?
1: That is a. Uh, have you not heard of it? No. No, no. It's a very good. <laughs> that is, this is a genuine answer. Oh, is, is this it? Is, uh, yeah yeah and it's I think I, I think it's a film you guys would like. It's um a genuine film called Patty Cakes and it's about a uh, aspiring rapper who's trying to fight her way up in in her career through like her hometown in New Jersey and it's really good. The mum in it is really good and the music's great. It's it's a film worth seeking out and not seen enough. Okay yeah, no it's it's worth seeking out mm. and nowhere near actually it could be a future recommendation easily.
2: Well spoiler intrigued Brian, uh, Brian Stever from the Take Two podcast, actually, he says The Greatest Showman, uh, which, you know, I like that movie a lot. It's a lot of fun. We are interviewing and have interviewed uh, an actor from The Greatest Showman. That's Sam Humphrey. And that'll, that episode will drop next week. Uh, that is uh, starring Hugh Jackman. That's the musical from this mm-hmm. year.
0: Yeah, no, it's a really, really, you know, fun, uplifting movie.
1: Yeah, I think it was a surprise that it didn't get nominated I think everyone expected it to be uh, next one
2: Simone Salvatore which sounds like someone that could beat me up Simone Salvatore says or, uh, or says, her
0: family could have you contract killed <laughs>
2: uh, so she said Logan which uh, when it came out people were talking could this be the first superhero movie nominated for best picture mmhmm um, that and that's one that did come out. What like January? It feels like so. Yeah, I'm a long yeah, time it ago was. At this yeah, point, it was...
1: right. It's like thinking Black Panthers just come out now. Will that have enough steam to be considered for Oscars next year? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I think so. By the way,
1: I think so as well. I hope so.
2: All right. So let's get let's get to our answers, so, Lyndon, What was your uh, favorite film from the year?
1: I think someone mentioned it. One of the listeners mentioned it. It was Baby Driver for me. I just didn't enjoy myself that much at the cinema for all the whole year it was such an old-fashioned film and it did something uh, new as well with the way it used music and action uh, i loved everything about this film and i've watched the the opening five minutes of that film multiple times
2: no that 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 i'll tell you though that film was was so freaking good that movie was uh was like you said like fast-paced musical i mean jamie fox is just crazy and oh yeah uh, i mean john ham john Hamm, or
1: john ham yeah
0: Yeah, or you mean, you know, Army Hammer. Or both. Army Hammer.
1: And or, I'm not really sure. And best soundtrack of the year as well.
0: Uh, Oh, definitely. Rodney, what was yours? Uh, I'm going to go with Molly's Game. Molly's Game to me was a fantastic movie that from the outset, I was completely hooked. Um, I thought Jessica Chastain was amazing. I thought, uh, as always, Idris Elba was amazing. Um, And it's basically the story of, you know, uh, a woman who you know could, was conducting an illegal gambling ring um but it also delves deeply into her family it it covers a lot of ground um and from my perspective it was it was one i watched fully intently and left immediately thinking boy i want to recommend this to a lot of people
2: uh so my favorite this year was uh the big sick um i was actually just talking to a friend recently who finally watched it after we recommended it and um he said it was probably the most enjoyable movie he's watched in years, and I agree. It was like just heartfelt and hysterical. A good comparison, I thought, would was um, *Silver Linings Playbook* in mm-hmm. the sense that it's like a comedy but oh, yeah. drama, right? And yeah, with, with a lot of family family Ooh, yeah. uh, elements to it. Yeah, um, just incredibly well done. We've we've talked about it at length on the show, so I won't go too deeply into it. But we did also, I mean, get to interview Kurt Braunohler, which also adds to the experience for me. I know. Uh, knowing that he kind of had written a lot of the jokes um, fantastic movie i would i would say if you're listening and haven't seen that i mean r- put it towards the top of your list
1: oh uh, yeah i'd put it above a lot of the best picture on nominations mm-hmm. a great film.
0: yeah no i think it was one too that when i watched i mean i i definitely loved it um and some great performances by you know ray romano holly hunter yeah. i mean just so many yeah. memorable memorable performances how do you
2: feel about this list of Best Picture nominations Like compared to previous years? Do you feel like it's a, a strong list? Is it lacking? What do you think?
1: I, I think we, we kind of gave it away as we went through the list. We weren't really that impressed with the 10 to 6. And at 2, we put a film that hasn't been nominated for Best Picture. So I think that shows, I think there are some very strong contenders, but... Overall, the list of best picture nominations, I think, shows a weak year for the Oscars, not necessarily a weak year for films. I think at one point this year, I did
2: text you guys and I said, this has been a really great year for movies. And I don't think that the best picture nominations represent that all that, all that well. Um, because if you look at, you know, we did post from down the hall today on, on Facebook, just the best movies of 2017 according to IMDb. And after just scrolling through the list, I was like, there were a lot of great movies that I I liked a lot, like that did not get attention. Right. Wind River being one, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't have to go through all of these, but even the superhero movies of this year, I thought were a strong bunch. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy. This was a year that you had Star Wars, which a lot of people, you know, we've talked about at length, but I don't know. I thought this was a fun, a really good year for movies. Disappointed, I think, in the best picture uh, list, frankly.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think I agree with that too. Like, as, a, as I think of all of the movies, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. That the best picture list probably doesn't always reflect the movies that I enjoyed the most for, for sure.
2: We could talk movies all night, um, but we, uh, we were hoping to also save you time in terms of, uh, which best picture nominations you might want to race to go see. And so if you use our list, we really feel Strongly about the top five. Those are ones you could prioritize. After that, you know, maybe you can let them go, just frankly. But
1: after that, watch uh, Molly's game, Big Sick and Baby Driver. There it is. (laughs) Exactly.
2: There it is. Cool. Um, all right, great. So uh, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter at Down the Hall, guys. You can find us on Facebook, um, Down the Hall Podcast. You can go to Down downthehallpodcast.com and you can tune in each week where we will give you a movie night recommendation uh, to help you take back movie night. Uh, we also have the privilege of interviewing several actors and directors. Next week, you can hear us talk to Sam Humphrey, from The Greatest Showman, which was an amazing conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing that, how that all comes out, how you guys think of it. So uh, if we have nothing else to say, guys.
1: I, I think Rodney's got a quick voice to say goodbye.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah! I forgot about this. Um, good way to end. A good oh, note to no. end. So, uh, recently, <laughs> you know, we've been asking the listeners to help us, you know, as the show continues to grow, one way you can do that.
0: And it sounds like the reviews are flowing the in. The
2: reviews are flowing in. So you can, you can write a review, but you don't want to hear me ask for that. But we've decided that the best way, the, the most efficient way is to ask Rodney to, Certainly not uh, the
0: most efficient
2: to do a character voice <laughs> of the week to uh, ask the listeners to uh, to write a review. Uh, so I think this week, Rodney, we talked about one of the Oscar nominations being The Post, one of the main actors being Tom Hanks, one of his famous uh, roles being yes. Forrest Gump. Oh. I'm just curious how Forrest Gump might ask our listeners to leave a review.
0: Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know who's going to give you a good review or a bad review. <laughs> Please give us a good review. That's like a good chocolate. And a bad review is like one that just, I would throw in the trash can. I also a play voice. a lot of ping pong. <laughs> what
2: that, else? That's how you know you're not confident in the in, in the in the in the in the uh the voice. You just start saying things we know about the character. Also, my best friend is Jenny.
0: <laughs> Jenny. I really like Jenny. Jenny she she didn't like me back <laughs>
2: <laughs> alright well like us back you can go to down the hall podcast oh, that. And, that good. and you know give us a review on iTunes that would help the show it really would and thank you to all, all including right. oh, Boise you, Randall see you Tom thank oh, you yeah, for stopping thanks, by Tom thank you for coming in and doing your uh, Forrest Gump voice for us uh, but yeah so you know, Boise Randall thank you for the review Tom Hanks thank you for the uh, suggestion and uh, as always I want to thank Life you the listeners like
0: a box of chips stop, oh, stop. I, I, I thought you just left we've had enough we've had enough <laughs> That's it.
2: Please, please come. We're good. We're good. We'll see you next week.